Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Megan Gilger, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Welcome, my friends. It's a very, very hot Wednesday here. (laughs) I'm a little late on posting the podcast. We are getting into the rhythm of having our son at home starting summer, and it can definitely like, I don't know. I always feel like when the kids get out of school, it's like, oh, I just want to be off now too and just do whatever, but which we do, but, or I do, but I, Also, I'm like, oh yeah, like it's Wednesday. (laughs) I didn't record my podcast. So here I am. (laughs) But we, it's a season, it's a transition, it's all those things. So I am happy to be here and to take a few moments. It's also harder in the summer to find a quiet time in our house. So I either have the dogs clicking around or the kids playing or whatever. So finding that time is challenging, but that's okay. I'm here, we're doing this, and we have a great topic today because it's not like the typical thing. I, so like last week, I posted a question about like what held or holds you back about gardening or starting a garden or expanding your garden or anything along those lines. We asked the same question in our online community, which you can join at any time for thir- um, as little as $13 a month. And you can get in on a lot of amazing information and support as you go through your own gardening season. So, but I asked that question because I have grown up in the garden. I don't know any different. And I realized that there's many people who don't know about, like they didn't grow up in that. They didn't grow up in a way where they experienced the garden, that they were immersed in it, that it was like part of the culture. And I always have been around that. 
my grandfather grew a garden. My dad grew a garden. My mom's always grown flowers. You know, it, it feels like a really natural thing in our in our family. So I never felt this hesitancy other than the only thing that held me back at various points was just <clears throat> the, uh, like that feeling of like, do I have enough time? I'm busy. We want to go on a lot of trips. And there were definitely people who responded with that. But then there were a lot of people who wrote and said, I've always desired a garden, but I don't know where to begin. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't want to invest all this money and it have it fail. There's all these things. And I have a lot of answers to those things. But I also realized that in those questions was a lack of confidence. Or in those responses, it was a lack of confidence, a lack of feeling like you could do something. And I think this is the beautiful thing about the garden that I want to challenge people with is that within all of us, I don't like the term green thumb because I don't believe there's any such thing as a green thumb. I think there's such thing as being human. And when we are specifically designed and in indigenous culture, they speak of the human as the fourth sister. And I love that concept that we are the tender, we are the caretaker, the one who plants the seed. And I think when you think about that, that's in all of us. It doesn't matter who you are, you have that in you. And sometimes it's harder to listen to that intuition than other times. But I think this is true of anything in our life. That especially when it comes to nature, when it comes to rhythms, when it comes to patterns that we create, we have to be thinking about like tuning into that deeper intuition that takes time. And this is why I always suggest to people, start something small. It doesn't have to be big. You can just grow in a large pot or grow bag, grow some herbs and flowers. It's not too late to plant them right now. And the reason I say that is because I believe that that's the first step to tuning into our natural intuition and understanding of the natural world and how it may be the first time you plant a seed. It may be the first time you water something and watch it grow. And that's okay. We all have to begin somewhere. And I, it has taken, I realized multiple years of my life to really get to a point where I feel confident in the garden, not just confident to grow something, but confidence when I fail something, fail at it or see, I no longer see it as a failure. I see it as a lesson. For instance, <clears throat> we just, I haven't grown corn in probably three years. I grew it and we didn't have good luck with it. And I, it was fun. It was interesting, but you definitely have to do it at scale. And we don't, I don't like giving up that much space to corn specifically, just because we can get it so cheap here. And it's not one of those things that is hard to access, I guess, um, compared to like varieties of different things that can, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like something I want to do, but I've want, I wanted this year to play around with the idea of 
the three sisters garden specifically because I hadn't done it in my own garden and I really wanted to try it. And, and so anyways, I planted my corn. It's coming up. It's beautiful. It's healthy. It's all in the right time. And then I noticed another, the next day that it was all like a bunch of it, not all of it was flopped over. And I'm sure right now I could go out and check and there's probably more, but it's very hot right now. And I'm going to wait till the, until it cools off. And I was like, what is going on? And it wasn't the plants being eaten. It was the kernel. Come to find out, I asked my friend who's a farmer, it's crows. And he's like, that's why you have a scarecrow. And I was like, oh, okay. Because we've never really had problems with birds in our garden. They don't really do much. Um, So other than eat bugs. So I was like, well, crap. Okay. I will see some more. Worst case, it doesn't go. Worst case, it's too late. That's the beauty of a home garden is you can try things. You can learn things. So that's what I did. We'll see if it works. But I didn't see it as a failure. I felt frustrated, but I didn't see it as a failure. I saw it as a complete learning experience because I never had that happen before when I'd grown corn. So new information. And that's great information to have. But it takes years of both self-work and confidence working in the garden to see, no longer see failures, but see learning opportunities. But I think I could have grabbed that a lot sooner if I had allowed myself to start smaller, to not have as much, um, I guess, pressure, putting pressure on myself to make it something. And so I'm here doing this all the time, specifically to take away that feeling. I don't want people to go to a garden store and think it's beautiful, but never buy anything because they don't feel confident enough. And some of that confidence comes from knowledge. Some of it comes from experience, but I think it also comes from, we can begin to look at the garden as an amazing opportunity to work on intuition, to work on curiosity in our lives. And plants are very forgiving. They want to live. We all have within us the understanding and intuition of how plants grow. We have been taught in school how plants grow. And plants are very interconnected with who we are and how we even function as humans. And so we have so much to learn from them. But we have to take that first step. And I think... I really just am always trying to help encourage this idea of intuition within the garden. For instance, I, when I was earlier on in my gardening experience, I just kind of, I tried a lot of things. I didn't really, I thought I saw, well, I guess I'll put it this way. I saw anything that wasn't the plants that I planted as a problem. They were weeds. They were these things that I didn't, want there. Well, the longer I've gardened and particularly moving here, I started trusting things a little more and listening to myself and observing things a little more. And this is where the intuition started to surface. I started to feel this understanding of both. Okay. If a plant comes up in our garden, for instance, we will have like reseeded tomatoes or tomatillos and we'll have 
more hyssop and verbena. And I mean, the list goes on. The amount of things that reseed in our garden is immense. And years ago, I wouldn't have kept those things. I would have let them go. I I would have ripped them out. I would have cleared the whole bed. Instead, I've started to just trust it more and listen to my intuition of, in, in the sense, what I mean is that there's this always like small voice inside of us that for me, it's sometimes like, I'll have a dream about something. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was like what I'm supposed to do. Or it's like, like the other night I was just feeling like, oh, I'm having, like, I was having some, we have a lot of pine pollen right now. And I was like, I feel like I'm still struggling after my shower. Like, and I was laying there and then all of a sudden I got this feeling. I was like, I need to go get, get some ice and like cool my face down. And I, and I used to just be like, no, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do it. And then I wake up in the next morning and I'm miserable. If I had just listened to what my body was trying to tell me, sure enough, I went down and did it. And I felt fine this morning. And it was my body, like the still, quiet, little voice pushing me into something that my body needed. And so I've started to do that in the garden where I observe, I watch. I don't always, sometimes I get this urgency of wanting to fill in space. But I find that when I just step back for a moment and I survey what I've planted, I start thinking about the size of that zinnia, the seeds that I planted there with the cosmos and the sunflowers I planted two weeks ago and they're coming up and like I start observing. I can start sensing what is needed and what is not. And I can see more clearly what that picture is. And I think about this as also like artists or writers or creatives think. I mean, growing a garden is an act of creativity, a creativity that we all have in ourselves. To plant flowers, to arrange them in a pot, that is an act of creativity that is within all of us. And they're going to look different. Every single person's going to do it differently. And there's no right way or wrong way, but there's an intuitive way. And this is why I love making bouquets. This is why I love doing all these things because there's this natural intuition of creative work that is within us. And I believe fully that the garden is a natural way for us to dive into it. You know, even if you work in a very like analytical world, you have this ability in you. It's about tuning into it, about shaping it. And I think so many of us can do it just by growing a little bit of something. Maybe it's some herbs, maybe it's flowers, maybe it's a mix of both. Vegetables are hard. It doesn't have to be those things. It can even be creating an orchard, which sounds really hard, but it's actually not. It's very simple, low maintenance, honestly. Um, Or growing raspberries or something like that. But I love the way that I have learned to play and trust my instincts because of the garden. And many times I'll create my garden design and I almost laugh like, well, Mike does laugh at me because he's like, you know, you're not following that. And I do kind of follow it. It gives me a general idea of what I want, but I'll start getting like really intricate and excited. And I'll be like, okay, one basil goes there and one borage goes there and I'm going to plant carrots here. And 
I'll get really intricate about it. And then I get out there and I got all my plants in front of me and it all kind of goes to shit, to be honest. And I sit there and I'm like, no, mm -mm. Dahlia is there and I can like close my eyes and I feel like I'm painting with the flowers. And it is one of the most rapturing, wonderful feelings to just like be fully about intuition, about that creative expression flowing through and just going. And I have no expectation of it. I have, some of those plants may not survive. Some of them, may, and the painting may never play out as I intended it to when I even put those plants in the ground. But it's about that just set moment where you just like feel like you just trust yourself. You just trust, okay, yeah, that, that should go there. Yeah, that should go there. And you may get it wrong. Gosh, you may get it wrong. I get it wrong. I still get it wrong. And I could probably tell you 10 ways I've gotten it wrong this year already. <laughs> but it's about just doing it, not overthinking it, not holding some deep expectation that it will be maybe what you see in Instagram or what you see on Pinterest. It takes years to understand plants in that way. And but it's a lifetime journey of diving not just deeper into the understanding of plants and nature, but diving deeper into your own self, your self-expression, your understanding of who you are, all these things. It's a process, a beautiful process. And I can tell you right now that I am a better gardener than I was three years ago, but only because I continue to trust these instincts in myself and don't and not judge them not think about them, not overanalyze them. Because when I have, I don't enjoy it as much. And it is hard and it feels frustrating. So this is me making a case for just starting somewhere to just like allow yourself that intuition and just be curious, be playful, utilize the garden as a space to create of self-expression, of re-understanding what it is that makes you, you. And there's no judgment in it other than what you bring into it. And I sometimes have brought a lot and I don't like it when I do that for myself, not for anyone else. I, <laughs> I think we're all harder on ourselves than we are on other people, which is says something about what we all need to be the focusing on. Um, but I, I have learned so much grace and slowness and calm and accepting the process because of working little by little to trust this intuition in myself when I in the garden and it then translates into my life. And it's sort of like, meditation, but in an active way. And it's beautiful. So that's it today, friends. I just wanted to like sit here and tell you that about this feeling, this way that I perceive what I do and why I keep showing up here. And just because I felt the effects of what it is. And granted, like, you know, you could say, well, Megan, you were a designer. Like, you know, this is like, Sure. But I think that's why I'm, I can more easily guide you 
if you're somebody who doesn't naturally think in like a creative self-expressions intuitions way, I have, I can give you a chance to kind of see into that world, peer into it and maybe grab something that works for you. And I don't like, I, well, let me say this. I have never planted a pollinator specific garden. It's a new thing for me. I have not worked a lot with flowers, particularly perennial and native flowers in a large way. And I, we created this bed in front of our house and we have goals, we have visions, you know, I like love Pete Odolph and like, you know, his designs and the seasonal aspects of them, you know, the whole deal. But I, I was like, I want to try my hand at this. So I created a small bed in front. The proportions were wrong. The heights of the plants were wrong. It's a tall wall. It's a two-story home, you know, so there's like multi-levels. I hated it. It was horrendous. But then I spent all winter learning. I got super curious. I'm like, I'm going to understand these plants. I am going to learn how to do this. This is my, I've, you know, tried plants. Some have died. Okay. So now I know those don't work, but these ones might work. And And so I did so much research, but then I, and I went to the store, I had a rough plan of the types of plants I wanted. I could kind of envision it. I went to the store. I spent a lot of money because plants are so expensive this year. And, but I can tell you that now after legitimately, you could call it failing and creating something that was just sad. I feel so good about what I have now created and I can see how I can still build upon it with more growth and seeing how the colors work. I learned about how bees and butterflies and birds, they, when they look at um, a field of flowers, the yellow and purple and pinks like contrast with each other and it becomes like this vibrant thing in their eyes. It's why goldenrod and aster, blue asters grow together. They attract more pollinators when they work together. So I utilize some of those things and those tricks and I still have more plants to put in and it will fill in over time. It's not perfect yet, but I can see the vision that's there. And I trusted something and utilized knowledge at the same time to kind of guide me. But then I trusted it from there about thinking about the heights and the textures and all these things together. So what I'm saying is that it might surprise you and it's not going to happen overnight. It's something that takes a little bit of work every day. And right now is the perfect time to do it. You don't have to have a big garden. You don't have to even have a yard. You can just have a deck, a patio, anything like that. Set a grow bag on it or a large pot and plant some things, do a few things, just grow some herbs, grow some flowers. This is my pitch to you to do it now. And I promise you it will be life-giving. Even if you fail, choose to make it life-giving. Enjoy the simplest parts of it. Watch the bees, the butterflies, allow something to go to seed, you know, to flower, to bolt, allow those things to happen. Explore, play, 
Okay. It's a wonderful thing. And the garden invites us to it and actually demands it of us. So I hope you guys do that. And I'm just going to give one little pitch before we end here. Our online community is just buzzing (laughs) right now. Full of questions. Some of the questions I'm going to bring in here for the summer, but we switched up live events and we are not doing live events this summer. Instead, I'm doing teaching short groups of classes. They're short little things of classes, sort of like longer YouTube videos. Think of it. And I'm putting them solely in the community. So I'm going to be teaching um, gardening, cooking, how to think about your fall plantings, how to prep for fall, all these things I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be sharing videos that you can watch whenever is convenient to you, but our online members are the only ones that get it. So you can join at any point starting at $13 a month. That's it. It's all you got to do and you get access to all of it, plus all the past stuff as well. So plenty of information coming in this this new season coming up in summer, but there's not events you have to attend. You just get to watch videos whenever you want to or ask questions from some really incredible humans. So I think they're pretty incredible. I love hanging out with them. So thank you. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. And until then, my friends, I'll see you out there. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 